Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the But Daddy Why podcast, where we understand the rapid-fire questioning that parents battle all day, every day, especially that one burning, constant, rapid-fire question, why? We take the hard questions and do the research for you so that you have the ammo to reply when the kids reach the ultimate pinnacle of, But Daddy Why? My name is Pat Jacobs. And I'm Eric Benyon. Sit back and enjoy the show. All right, so this is this is going to be an interesting episode, and mm-hmm. it's and it's going to be fun, and and this is a an episode that came from an actual daddy why question from from go. my son, and there are there are sayings and words that we say all over the place that that just sound weird, and unless you've never heard them before, uh, we just go oh yeah, that's that's normal. That's fine. That's okay. So the question that actually got asked to me was, Daddy, why do we call it caught red-handed? Uh, that's a good question. So I figured, hey, let's, let's use the power of the interwebs and figure that out. And, and, and we did. And it is, it is a semi-interesting story. Now, obviously... One little story like that is not going to make enough for a podcast. No, no. So I thought, hey, let's take a look at some of the other phrases like that. Right, absolutely. And and ultimately, I mean, they're a dime a dozen, right? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> sorry. So, so what we're talking about here are idioms. Hey, who are you calling an idiom? Hey, man, if the shoe fits, okay. <laughs> well played, um, sir. So, if you haven't uh, noticed, this episode is going down this way. It is most <laughs> definitely so. You guys need to be all ears on this one and really pay attention because we're going to be dropping these at the drop of a hat. <laughs> and there you go. And there you go. So, Pat Jacobs, right, so everybody. I'll <laughs> here all night. Tip your waitress. Exactly right. Let's not beat around the bush. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, the facts here. All right, so so idioms are a phrase or a fixed expression that has a figurative or sometimes literal meaning. Now, typically the, the figurative meaning is different from the literal meaning. So again, as we go through, keep an eye out for idioms. Uh, 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 uh. See what I did there? All right, so... That, so that obviously that's an example. You know, to keep an eye out for something means to maintain awareness of it so that you notice that it occurs. I mean, that one's a piece of cake, right? And it doesn't mean actual keep your eye out. Right. Because that would don't. be gross. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Now, 
Many idiomatic expressions originally were not figurative, but actually had literal meaning. So, for example, spill the beans, okay? That means to let out a secret. Now, it originates from an ancient method of democratic voting, where voters would put a bean into one of several cups to indicate which candidate they wanted to cast their vote for. Now, If the jars, while somebody was putting their bean in, happened to be spilled, then everybody would be able to see who had the most votes before the the counting of the votes was complete, right? So, therefore, the candidate was, you know, everybody would know which winner was, which candidate was the winner. Sorry. little tongue-tied there. (laughs) (laughs) So... Ultimately, over time, the, the practice of using beans in a cup was, was discontinued, but, and the idiom became figurative. There are thousands of idioms occurring frequently in all languages, and it's estimated that there are at least 25,000 idiomatic expressions in the English language, right? All right, so, so let's get into uh, to yours, yeah? So my kid asked me about red-handed. What does caught red-handed mean? So we stopped first, and mm-hmm. I said, okay, well, what do, you, what do you think it means? And he said, well, probably because of murderers, and murderers would have blood on their hands. And I said, that's probably a, it's a, probably yeah. a reasonable assumption. You know, there's something, right. something to do with blood in the hands, right? So we, t- we took a look into it, and it's interesting because this comes from the Ulster region of uh, Ireland, right? And Ulster is, uh, on their flag, actually okay. has a red hand. Right? So some people think the story is that the person who became the ruler of Ulster uh, was originally told, uh, and this is the mythological story, I guess, or, 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 or a, a myth associated with this because there's no way to verify it. They were on a boat trip, and the first person to get their boat there and touch the shore would be the ruler. So one dude cut his hand off and threw it onto the shore. Oh man! I mean, if you're yeah. if you're committed to winning, yeah. wow. You know, at, at that point, if you're willing to win that much, uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, it's all yours. Anyway, so that was a myth mythological story that goes along with it. It's interesting enough. It's interesting because. There's a paramilitary group there called the Red Hand Commandos, coming mm-hmm. obviously from the flag, but uh, still this idea of a red hand. Well, the reality is it was a, a phrase that had just kind of been built over time, and we're not really going to get to an actual answer. The best you can come up is because it was written into their parliamentary code at some point, uh, and you can, go, you can go read it in the Acts of Parliament of James I, there's phrases in there that say, if he be not taken red hand, the sheriff cannot proceed against him, for example. The best that I could come up with where red handed would have come from would probably have been poaching, right? Uh, I don't think there's a lot of the, that back in before the 1400s and more people were, were investigating like murders and whatnot mm-hmm. right. so much. But, but back then, poaching was a big deal. And if you're poaching a deer, like you don't like anybody who's been deer hunting, the process for hunting hasn't changed all that much. You you kill the deer, you have to gut it on site. Right. And so you're going to be bloody. So even if you were to get rid, hide the deer, 
you have to go wash off. And so you can still be caught red-handed. From, uh, from, and that would be the kind of thing that would be able. You would actually have some association with the color and the, and the crime. Uh, red-handed ultimately gets into our lexicon uh, because of Sir Walter Scott in Ivanhoe. He writes, "But tie one fellow who was taken red-handed, and the fa- and in the fact to the horns of a wild stag." And okay. that's where we actually hear red-handed. Had his writings not become so popular, we probably the, the term probably would have died out. But now it's in a famous literary work, uh, and it's put into context. So that's red-handed. All right, that's good. I uh, personally, I don't know. I like the dude cutting off his hand and throwing it onto the shore, man. All right, let's 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 call it a day on that one. So I got looking at other really interesting idioms that I wanted to know the answers to. Right. So, raining cats and dogs. There's a lot of good stories, and I don't know that we'll ever know the exact truth, but the stories kind of give you an idea of where where it could have come from and gives you a great idea how these how idioms get developed, you know, like like the stories and, and kind of how when you ask someone, well, why would we say that or what, where does that come from, you can get five or ten different answers, and you're like, eh. Mm-hmm. I'll buy that. And if one was the true is is the real reason, but you've heard the other reason, you go, eh, that's close enough. Right. Yeah, I'll buy it. Right. It's not a stretch. Yeah. Good good enough for me. So anyway, cats and dogs. So all right, Pat Jacobs. Oh god. Why do you think we call it raining cats and dogs? I don't know, man. I mean, uh, I don't know. Your 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 guess is as good as mine. I, I don't know. This that that's that's always been a weird one to me. Like for some reason, I always picture like uh, you know cartoons. You know, it, it's an easy thing for for cartoons to do, and I think they've they've done it on uh, Looney Tunes and stuff like that. So I, I I don't know, man. I'm at a loss for that well, one. Well, well, it definitely came around a lot earlier than than, right. than the Looney Tunes. <laughs> so because you know because it wouldn't be one of our podcasts without mentioning some sort of Norse or. Oh, or yep. Greek god. We get we we sh- I think we should really start there. Yep. Yep. Of course. So, one of the theories is because Odin, who is the Norse uh, Norse god of storms, mm-hmm. um, is often pictured with dogs and wolves, and and they were the symbols of the wind. And witches were often depicted with cats and also became signs for heavy rain. So sailors and, and people kind of mixed the two together and sailors started started saying, hey, it's raining uh, cats and dogs, refer, uh, referring to a storm with wind, and heavy, which would have been the dogs, and heavy rains, which would have been the cats. Huh. All right. Yeah. Hey, like you said, that makes cats sense. And dogs. So and and that's and that's just one of those fun ones because you know I like to talk about how mythology is in every aspect of our life. Yep. There you go. I mean, yeah. it could be as simple as that. Yeah, and with with this this podcast in the end, I mean, you're always proving that. So, you know, I'd, I'd hate to you know steal your thunder and and you know not let you get into that. So. So next, cats and dogs may have come from a Greek expression. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, katadoxa, which means contrary or against experience or belief. All right. So, if it's raining beyond belief, 
It could be raining, raining catadoxa. Oh, okay. Uh, meaning it's raining unbelievably hard. Right. And that would, you know, that would, you know, that would make sense, like in the way we've heard it. And you could, you could see someone uh, using that phrase, and one person mishears it, and next thing you know, it's oh, hey, it's raining cats and dogs. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of different explanations for that one and and theories for that one, but at this point, I feel like we're beating a dead horse on it, right? There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. This is just too much fun. <laughs> I know, right? All right. So here's the best one, and I saved it for last just because I like it, and I and I I know it's not the right one, but it sounds so good that it should be. Okay. All right. So there was this false. Theory for a long time, when people talk about it, say that that um, dogs and cats, and specifically strays, uh, in in Europe would bury themselves in the thatched roof of cottages. Right? They'd have those thatched roofs, and to get warm, or when it would rain, or whatnot, or, or, or it would be a place for them to to sleep. Right? And when it rained, uh, if it rained uh, particularly hard. Uh, the, the thatch roofing would get soft, and the cats and dogs would fall through the roof, and would therefore be physically raining cats and dogs. That's morbid. It's morbid. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, the cats and dogs are fine, but I mean, that right. make, would make for a scary night. Oh yeah. You know, here, here I am, coming from the rain into my thatched roof cottage, and <laughs> uh, trying to escape the elements, only to be. Invaded by cats and dogs falling through the roof because my roof became soft from the rain. Now, I say it's false because really these roofs were made so well and so, uh, and the thatched roofing was done so tightly that they were and, and still are where they have them waterproof. And right. so a well-maintained roof, which you would have maintained well, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, because it's your roof, uh, water would ha- would have gone down the slope, followed the reeds, and off, uh, off, and it, and it would not have penetrated the the house, much less dogs and cats, should they have been living in there at at all. I mean, if 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 dogs and cats were actually living in your roof, it would meant meant that you weren't maintaining it. Right. And if you weren't maintaining it. Uh, you have bigger problems than dogs and cats falling through. I mean, oh, yeah. the, the you don't have a roof anymore. Right. Yeah. Water's just coming through, much less right. cats and dogs. But I like the idea. <clears throat> right. That's a fantastic story. So yeah. if you want a BS story that yeah. that sounds believable, that's probably that's probably the best one to uh, spout out at the bar. Yeah. I mean that that could that could that could buy you a drink mm-hmm. or two. Yeah. Yeah. So. Raining cats and dogs. All right. All right. Good. You got another one? I do have another one. Okay. All right. So this harkens back uh, back to an episode we did, like episode three, I want to say. Okay. Once in a blue moon. Oh, yeah. The blue moon is interesting because if you listen to that episode, you, we kind of talked a little bit about it. Um just, just the fact that uh, it, we were talking, we were talking about how we kind of figured out time and the days and mm-hmm. and and month and one, and, and it was all about the 
the the way the moon orbits, uh, the, the the way we, the way we track time based on how the sun, the moon, and everything uh, mm-hmm. orbits each, each other, right? Right. Well, the blue moon, uh, as we started to point out in that episode, is is the moon that's the second full moon in a month. Right. That's not actually true. I mean, it is now. That's what we call the blue moon, but that's not what the blue moon actually was. Okay. First of all, if we say why do we say oh, every once in a blue moon, we're saying that once in a very long time. Right? So, so mm-hmm. the meaning today is something that happens very rarely. Right. So... When we when we say okay, well, what what why does it have that meaning? Um, you're likely to get a couple answers. Uh, first of all, it's like duh, doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. Of course. Okay. Great. Fantastic. You don't get a beer. Right. <laughs> second is the really logical guy goes, oh, it's the second full moon in the calendar month, and you can go at this point now. You can go, ah, but did you know? And when we're done with this explanation, you'll be able to finish that sentence. Mm-hmm. And get your beer. And get your beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the third was, it's like, oh, well, it's a moon that looks blue. False. Right. I mean, no more blue than any, I mean, it can look blue, I guess, depending on what's in the sky, when you're look, where it is in the sky, when you're looking at it, et cetera. But mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with it. But it's a good try. So... One of the things to note is that each moon, each full moon had a name, and I don't know all the names, so I'm not going to pretend to know them all. Right. i them all. Uh, but some examples of those names is the Harvest Moon. Okay. The Hunter's Moon. Right, right, right. Uh, and the Blue Moon was one of those, but the Blue Moon was not the second uh, full moon in a month, in one month. It literally referred to the additional moon in a calendar year. So typically you will have 12 moons in a calendar year, but because it doesn't quite sync up on the years when you will have two full moons in one month, that means you have a 13th moon in the year. And that 13th moon, that is the blue moon. Okay. So the blue moon would always happen around January. Now... Uh, in the 1819 Maine Farmer's Almanac, or is, um, it listed the up the dates for the upcoming uh, blue moons, right? Then in 1946, uh, James Pruitt read an edition of that almanac and put into a, into Sky and Telescope magazine um, that the second full moon in a blue a second full moon in a month is a blue moon based on his misreading of how they wrote it in, in the far, in the almanac. Oh. And when it went into that, <clears throat> when it went into Sky and Almanac magazine, that was a little blurb that got put in, printed on a Trivial Pursuit game or something. And from then on, it was the second uh, full moon uh, in a month that was named the blue moon, not the actual blue moon, which is huh. the 13th moon in a year. Interesting. Got the last one, and since we kind of started talking about beer, mm-hmm. 
it seems just, it seems appropriate to to go into the hair of the dog. Oh uh, yeah, the good old uh, chase last night's escapades away with uh, more of the same. This, in a nutshell, is why I am glad I live today and not in the Middle Ages or even like 300 years ago. Right. 200, 100 years ago, I'm pretty sure. Right. But 200 years, 100 years ago, maybe I would have got by on. 200 right. years ago, yeah. and I think I'm not cut out for that. Yeah, I, I, I like plumbing. <laughs> yeah. So the hair of the dog obviously is is the idea that you, you drink a little of whatever got you drunk mm-hmm. the night before to cure what ails you. Right. Now, now categorically, we know that that does not work. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, like in the 16th century, this was like medicine. Okay. Like, this is how you solve problems. And we're not talking about alcohol now. Mm-hmm. Because we're talking about a dog, we're talking about rabies. Right. Right? So you were bit by a mad dog. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What's the solution to that? Don't you dare say antibiotics. (laughs) Don't you dare say, like, like, you know, the funny thing is, pouring alcohol into the wound is probably a better better solution than... Getting some alcohol and and, and, and do... Approaching the wound is probably a better idea than what they actually did. No, right. what they what the doctor would do is tell someone to go find the dog that bit you, bit you because you're obviously in no condition, right, to be doing anything. So go find the dog that bit them, pluck a hair from said mad dog. <laughs> you got to be pulling and my then, leg on this, man. <laughs> I wish, but like again, this is why I'm glad I don't live there. Right, right. So and plumbing. You and plumbing. Yeah. And the interwebs. And the interwebs. We need it. And you take that hair, and I, you would grind the hair, mesh it up with, with stuff, uh-huh. and put the hair into the bite. Ugh. So like now, ma- making like a uh, what do they call them a poultice or you know, yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> now let's just. As that's just unsanitary, right there. I mean, there's no way to make that make that better. Right. So, so you have to, you you have to stop at that point. But yeah. I, the question that I think needs to be asked at this point is, how many people got bit by mad dogs trying to get the hair to save the fool that got bit in the first place? Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and and good friends, man. Really good yeah. friends. If that I mean me I'd have been like eh. Eh. You were a good friend. Yeah, but uh we'll toast we'll we'll toast you toast your memory. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We'll pour one out for you. <laughs> you are the weakest link. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, wow. All right, so there you go. There's 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 the story. So right. if nothing else, you're gonna be the smartest guy at the bar on trivia night. There you go. Especially if they have an idiom theme. That's right. All right. So 
So we, we ultimately asked our listeners to, to give some as well. So I wanted to go through just a couple of these and, and kind of explain them. Um, so my ma went ahead and, and put in a couple that her grandmother used to say. Um, one of them was, the proof is in the pudding. Now, that is a twist on a very old proverb. The original version was, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. And what it meant was that you had to try out food in order to, to know whether it was good, right? So kind of like the right. old like you know jester of the court and everything. Um, the important thing here also is that pudding referred to a kind of sausage, not you know pudding pops and, and all that fun stuff. So the, the pudding referred to a kind of sausage, which was you know filling the intestines of some animal with minced meat and other things, and, and it's basically something you'd probably want to carefully try since that kind of food could kill you, right? So, so that's, where, that's where the proof is in the pudding came from. So the proof is in the not dying the, after you yes. eat? Yes. So if you, right. if you die, then the proof is that pudding was not very good and you should not eat that. <laughs> So, so yeah, you, you move on and, you know, hair of the dog is not going to help that person whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah. Quick stuff some more of that down. Yeah. We'll see if it works. (laughs) Go find a rabid dog. See if that helps. Um, so the, the other one that, that she had mentioned was there's the rub. Okay. Now that's made famous by William Shakespeare and Hamlet's to be or not to be speech. And where where he says, you know, to die, to sleep, to sleep, perchance to dream. I there's the rub for in that sleep of death, what dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil must give us pause. Sorry, I could go on and on and on. Somebody was a theater major. Yeah, somebody played Hamlet once, once. <laughs> um, but uh, in this one, by rub, he means uh, difficulty or the obstacle. And in this case, you know, his suicide. So the origin of that is the ancient game of bowls. So kind of like bowling, but not our American bastardized 10 pin bowling that we do now. And Hey, uh, Hey, that's, that's rolling a ball in between drinks. Come on. There, you know what? I'm sorry. You're, you're absolutely right. You, you hit the nail on the head with that one. You can't fault any sport that, that deals with drinking. So now, now, a rub is, is some fault in the surface of the green that stops a bowl or, or diverts it from its intended path. Um, and the term was recorded first a few years before Shakespeare's time, and it's still in use. Um, it appears in golf in the expression rub of the green, which refers to an accident that stops a ball in play. So if it hits something on the green or, or hits a bystander, something like that, like that. Um, and, and ultimately, I guess there's there's no relief allowed in the rules for for that in golf. So, well, that's the whole thing with with uh, uh, Billy Madison, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because the because the scaffolding falls down and yep. he has to go. Yep, yep. And it lands on the giant's foot and and all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. Great movie. Great movie. Um. All right. Touch the hiney. Maybe uh maybe a couple quick more real quick. Uh a buddy of mine, uh great photographer, James Roach, his grandma. So there's kind of a theme here, you know. Grandmas say funny things apparently. Um she would say, if you stick that bottom lip out any further, a bird will come along and poop on it. 
So that was often used when, when kids would pout their bottom lip. As far as researching it, I found nothing. Sorry, James. I got nothing for you. That's it. And also growth. <laughs> and also growth. <laughs> Never heard that one before. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So bottom line of this one, and, and this, we're, we're factually inaccurate on most of it, mm-hmm. but. These are all great stories of possibly, if not really good reasons of how these phrases came around. And now you have great ways to tell stories because no one is going to give you the the actual answers. But good good ideas of where they came from. And if nothing else, you sound a little more informed rather than uh, because I said so. Yeah, it helps. Yeah. So... There we go. Another right. one Another one in the book. So if you like this, we got... A web page. It's uh, buttdaddyy.com. Mm-hmm. You can uh, you can go ask us questions over there, like our stuff, say say stuff. You know, you you could say mean stuff, but we don't like that. Um, Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Our Facebook is buttdaddyy. We got Twitters. The Twitters. Yeah, all of the Twitters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every bit of the Twitters. And. And we, you know, you can you can even go like us on iTunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's an important one. You like, subscribe, comment. I think. Yep. Can you comment? I don't know and if you can comment. Yeah, you can't you can't comment. So any of those places, if you want to if you want to like us, if you want to comment on our stuff, or that's right. Enjoy.